Episode 38, another listener Q&A mailbag. My name is Dan Mason. In 2012, I was overweight, getting divorced, battling depression, and feeling trapped in a career where I was successful, but bored and unfulfilled. And it's actually the greatest gift I've ever been given. I use my pain as a springboard to discover my life's purpose. Now, I want to share the same tools and strategies which help transform my life with you. So you can live Life Amplified. You've heard me talk a lot on the podcast about our private Facebook group that we have for listeners of Life Amplified, which is an amazing way for you to meet other like-minded people, engage with me on a daily basis. And one of the things that I like to do in there often is pop in and just see what questions are on your mind. What is keeping you from creating your own Life Amplified? And we had so many amazing questions that came in last week. I called up producer Matt and I said, this would be a great podcast episode. Let's just dive in and tackle these on the podcast. Because I'm sure if these people have questions, it's probably on the minds of a lot of our listeners. So please welcome, live from London right now, where he's overseas doing uh, comedy things and all of his own creative pursuits, producer Matt's with me. Cheerio, good friend. (laughs) Good to talk to you, buddy. You got a stack of questions there from some of our listeners. Let's dive in and serve some people today. What is on their minds? Let's start with Tara with her question, a great question to start off. How do you know the difference between an unhealthy healthy coping mechanism and your actual intuition. I don't want to deny my intuition anymore, but I have so many coping mechanisms that no longer serve me that I always end up doubting myself. See this one a lot, right? There's so many, you know, what I like to call protection paradigms that get in the way. And I guess, you know, some people in self-help would say it sabotages us from living our purpose. And I hate that because nobody that I've ever met, even the people who have the most maladaptive behaviors, don't roll out of bed in the morning and, you know, yawn and stretch and go, oh, boy, how do I get out there and F up my life today? Like, nobody has ever said that. But what happens is, is we end up in a lot of patterns of behavior that protect us in some way. It keeps us playing small. It keeps us from stepping into our purpose. Now, why would we want to block ourselves from stepping into our purpose? You know, a lot of people think it's fear of failure. What if I try and it doesn't work out? More often, what I find is it's actually the fear of success. Because when you really go after your dream and you've been in the story of struggling for so long, oh, I don't have the money or my family doesn't support me. Stepping into your purpose requires you to give up those stories of struggle. And for a lot of people, it's like, who am I? If I'm not this story that I've told myself for so many years, who am I? So once that story becomes part of the identity, that really freaks us out. So we get into coping behaviors. Now, what does that look like? Well, staying in a low-paying, soul-sucking job is a low-level coping behavior. Blaming other people. Great low-level coping behavior because if it's everybody else's fault that my life isn't where I want it to be, then I don't ever have to look in the mirror and take accountability for my own life. Controlling other people or trying to control circumstances outside of your sphere of influence. Again, a great way to focus on what everybody else is doing and trying to be like CEO of the universe, but I'm taking away attention from what is under my control, which is how I'm showing up. Addiction can be a great low-level coping behavior that can keeps people stuck. And then eventually what I find, Matt, it's funny, is like you start out on a self-help path and then you trade in your low-level coping for high-level coping. 
<laughs> because then people are like, well, no, it's fine. I'm living my purpose because I go to yoga. Exactly. That's my little escape. And in my mind, I justify that I'm doing something. It's not exactly what I should be doing, but it's something. So that must be okay then. Yeah. And yoga and green juice are better than getting drunk and doing cocaine as a coping mechanism. I don't mind that. True. In fact, for many people, crushing it in a high paying soul sucking job is a high level coping mechanism because, oh, look, my life has this projection of outward success and I look great. Now, I don't love what I do. And in fact, most days I wake up friggin' miserable. But look, my life looks awesome on social media. So how do we know what is a coping behavior and what is really tapping into your intuition? So what I'm hearing here from Tara is like, how do I trust myself? And the answer on that is that coping mechanisms, whether it's procrastination, perfectionism, they feel like you're collapsing on yourself. Like if you just mm. really sit with it for a while, they feel like a contraction. When you're following your intuition, even when it doesn't make sense, there was no rational reason I should have walked away from a six-figure executive media job where I got to meet celebrities and, you know, live a very comfortable life. There was no reason rationally I should have done that, but there was an intuitive pull that I wanted to give more to the world, that I knew that there was a bigger gift within me that could make a difference. And yeah. when I tapped into that and just thought about the ways I wanted to contribute, and again, I had no idea how I'd do it, but when I thought about it, it felt expansive. It felt like I was growing. And, you know, the ego is very tricky. You know, when we talk about our ego, which really for practical purposes is that small, separate sense of self that's always looking but never finds, you know, when we're living there in that space, which usually happens from the neck up, wherever you're stuck right now in your life, for our listener who's tuning in today, whether it's in your career, your relationships, your health, your finances, your best Thinking is what's got you stuck. The intuition comes from a place of feeling. And when you tap in and, and really feel into that life you want to create, it's probably going to feel like an expansion. It feels awesome. It feels like you're elevating. When you're listening to your brain and the reasons why, well, you know, I should just ride this out and make money for five more years. If you're really honest with yourself, it feels like you're collapsing. That would be my thought is less thinking, more feeling. How does it feel to you? And that's the best way to separate from what's just a pattern of behavior that will keep you stuck and what is truly tapping into that intuitive voice and your higher self. I always have found that some coping mechanisms like procrastination, you know when you get into it that you shouldn't be doing it and deep down you know that is kind of keeping you back. But at the same time, for so many people, it can feel comfortable and it's that comfort of knowing that you're not doing it is almost more comforting than actually moving forward and doing something that is kind of scary i find that how comforting some of those things that you shouldn't be doing can be to be just quite fascinating how that messes with your brain like that and the smarter the person and the smarter the patterns get you know i'll yeah. tell you how this came up in my life recently i'll tell you one of my coping mechanisms in my life uh, particularly when it's come to dating has been isolation I want to do a whole separate episode on this idea of isolation because now that I've become aware of this in my own life, I see it everywhere with all my clients. But, you know, there's that part of our nervous system that if we think a threat in the environment is inescapable and it's going to kill us, we typically hide and withdraw or we shut down and isolate. And the place that I've been doing it has been in dating, you know, for probably mm. the past seven or eight months. And a great way to isolate is to be successful. And as my business has grown, 
I was hiding behind the story of, well, you know, I've got to line up podcast interviews or I got to create content. And I have so many clients and I got this group coaching program and I just don't have time to date. I don't have time to date. And it was back in May. I had the biggest month in the history of my business, like an amount of money in a month that I never thought was possible to earn doing this line of work. And I got excited and I started writing down all the ways I wanted to celebrate and things I wanted to do. And then there was part of me that realized, God, I want somebody to share this with. And that's when I sort of put two and two together and working through my mentors and just realizing that I've been using success as a way to isolate. And on the surface, there's no reason you would ever look at crushing it in your life as a coping mechanism. <laughs> you know, it doesn't make sense. We typically think of, you know, those low-level behaviors. But right. for me, it's been a pattern. It's part of why I forced myself six weeks ago to come out of hiding. And, I, you know, I've been dating again. And it's been great. And this is why you'll never never discover these patterns on your own. You know, if right. I didn't have mentorship in my life to call these things out, I would blissfully be, you know, moving forward, just focusing on my business, focusing on serving people, focusing on growing my impact, but also ignoring some of these deeper needs that were coming up within me for connection and for love in my life. Makes sense. Need someone to call you out on your own BS. Even if you are a coach, you need someone to still do it for you. Yeah. I mean, look, my coach has got a multi seven figure business and he has coaches. Like it's yeah. just, you never ever see your own blind spots. So that's why that mentorship is so, so important if you want to move forward, no matter what level of success you're at. Let's move on to our next question from Aaron. Aaron just made the huge step and changed jobs, which is fantastic. One of the reasons why she switched jobs is because she was really skeptical about management at her other place. Her question is, how do I not have a skeptical attitude about my new management, which is the reason why I left my other job? It's like well, she's taking all the problems from the other one and bringing it to the new one. How does she not make that happen, Dan? We do this all the time when we don't do the work on ourselves. Again, we always think the problem is outside of us, and many times it is. You can work for a crappy company. You can work for a company that does not align with your values, but the phrase that we use in personal growth, everywhere you go, there you are. You know, you can change environments, but the one thing you're going to bring to every new situation is you. She's asking how can she trust her employer, but I think the real question that's underneath it, Matt, is how do I trust myself? How do I trust myself to make the right decision? and move forward in my career in a way that's going to serve me. Because when you're truly, again, intuition is going to be the key word today. When you are aligned with your intuition, you're good. You know that you're making decisions that will serve you. My guess is, is that the trust issues for her aren't just about career. She probably feels that with family. It probably surfaces in romantic relationships because how you do one thing is typically how you do all things in your life. So this also applies if you're a person who's been betrayed in a romantic relationship. You know, a lot of times it's like, God, how do I ever trust anyone again? And particularly for our female listeners, because feminine energy at its core is all about intuition. And you've probably seen this, Matt. When women laser target on something and they know something's off, 99.9% .9 of the time, they're right. You know, it's, it's why we talk about woman's intuition is kind of sort of a cliche because it's true. Mm -hmm. You know, if you sense that your man isn't coming home at night and he's got some weird stories that don't add up, he's probably screwing around. 
So this mm-hmm. is all about you trusting yourself, being deeply connected to your own intuition. And when you do that, there's no need to mistrust other people, other companies, other situations, because you'll always be making the decision that serves you best. I've learned this about myself in the last year because I have now pretty much travel full time along with doing all of my work stuff. And doesn't matter what city I go to, I thought I'd go to one city. And in my head, I kind of thought a lot of the things that I was worried about and stressed out about would kind of just be fixed because I'm in this new location. Then I'd go to a different one. Then I would go to a different one. And then about halfway through, it started bubbling up and I went, it doesn't matter what city or what part of the planet I'm on. When I get on a plane, my problems and everything go with me along with the rest of my physical baggage. I have my emotional baggage with me too. It does not fix that. You have to do additional work. We try to create the change in our life from the outside in. If I just find the new relationship, everything will be better. You know, have you ever seen somebody who almost like they date the same person in different shoes? Like, you know, I had a friend, you know, was dating a person who was an alcoholic and he was kind of a deadbeat. And then she left that relationship. She finally got up the nerve. She's like, I am free. This next person's great. But he turned out to be an addict, but he was just a gambling addict. (laughs) There you go. You know, so what is the part of you that's actually drawing that in? What is the part of you that feels like you need to take on a project or make some red flags, your opportunity to fix them. And I've done this, right? I mean, I left Florida after my breakup last year. I spent some time on the eastern shore of Maryland and lived on the beach. And then I had this plan that I want to come to New York. And I love it here. Now, I will say... I hate winter. (laughs) So part of my original plan was, well, I'll spend six months in New York and I'm going to be bi-coastal. I'll go to San Diego in the cold weather months. I'll come to New York in the summer. But again, as this real desire from doing my work has come up that what I'm really looking for is to build community and connection and to plant a flag somewhere, I've been rethinking that plan, you know, that maybe I will stay here a little while longer, especially as, you know, I've made some amazing friendships and some long-lasting relationships people I already knew, but meeting amazing new people. Because I realized that the change of scenery in and of itself doesn't fix anything. Right. And the same will apply to your job, your career. I mean, I job hopped to three different jobs in two years, each one with a bigger title than the next when I was back in corporate. But each one also left me feeling emptier because the change has to happen from the inside out. You know, life gets better when you get better. And I don't mean to say that in a way that anybody listening to this podcast is broken, because I don't think that that's the case. In fact, a lot of times we think we need to change. It's not so much you need to change. You couldn't really do that if you tried change who you are, but you got some patterns of behavior, again, those protection paradigms that we talk about that get in the way that keep you safe, but also keep you living a small life. I know you don't like winter, but New York City in winter is something magical that you have to experience at least once. You know, I come here all the time for Christmas back in the day, like to, you know, get my obligatory photo in front of the 30 Rock tree and to spend two or three days. But when the wind is bitch slapping you in the face repeatedly (laughs) for five months and you're trudging through two feet of snow with a 15-year-old arthritic dog, that gets old in a hurry. But you know what? I'm going to ride it out for a while. We'll see how it goes. I'd rather have that than being underground in the middle of summer when it's 150 degrees and the guy standing next to you in the $10,000 suit is sweating through his suit because there's no air conditioning on the subway car. I still have not mastered, you know, through my summer of dating in New York City, how as a man do you dress nice on a date without just, like, having to wring your clothes Close out when you show up at the date because you, it's so oppressively hot and humid. It's starting every new date with, hey, here's a sweaty hug. <laughs> like, 
<laughs> what else have we got in the mailbag? All right, let's move on from Sweetie Hugs and talk about a past episode. April actually wants to follow up on something you mentioned in the episode about manifestation that we did a couple weeks ago. She says, Dan, you mentioned releasing our attachment to outcome. How do you release the attachment without losing focus on your goals and moving toward them? Ooh, I like this question a lot. And it's one of the things that I struggled with the most in the early part of my personal growth path. Because, you know, they tell you, if you read any sort of text, self-help book, and this is even in the, some of the wisdom traditions, that sort of the key to getting what you want is acting like you don't care about it. And that always felt like a paradox to me. I'm like, that's not possible. For me, I always equated the idea of surrender or releasing attachment to giving up. And it's not the case at all. Letting go of the outcome means I am taking daily action toward what I value most. I am putting myself out there. However, I am surrendering the way of how this is going to play out to a higher intelligence than mine. Mm. That something out there, whatever that force is that you believe in, God, the universe, source energy, karma, whatever that is that took me from being a cell in my mom's stomach and growing me into an adult man with lungs and a heart that beats 100,000 times a day without me asking for it, whatever that force is that breathed life into me has a better plan than I can imagine. Case in point, I'll give you an example of how this played out. You know, I had been maybe in the first four, five, six months of transitioning out of my radio career into being a life coach. And I had been writing for the Huffington Post and I was getting some good exposure and writing for places like the Good Men Project, but I knew that there was a way for me to reach a bigger audience. And in the back of my mind, I was always wondering how could I combine all my years of content creation in media and radio with my passion for coaching? And I wasn't really sure how to do that, but I would meditate on it and then I would just surrender. And I would still call other friends who worked in the industry, particularly people who had morning shows, and be like, hey, here's this idea. I think a lot of people right now, because of the political climate, are looking for some in inspiration. They're looking for a way to contribute or to find their purpose. And this is my idea. You know, maybe you could use me as a weekly segment or use me as a guest. And I was doing this with, you know, some big radio stations, some medium ones, some really small ones ones and just seeing what could happen of this. Never in a million years did it ever occur to me to pick up the phone and call Elvis Duran because that just seemed too big. That seemed like, go, you know, going zero to 100 miles an hour right away. But as I set this intention that just I want to combine my passions in a way that allows me to reach more people, Elvis reached out to me. He was on vacation in the Caribbean with his now fiance and found one of my Huffington Post articles online. And I get like a drunk text from Elvis while he's sipping cocktails going like, is this you? <laughs> like, I didn't even know this part of you existed. And then he's like, we need to talk when I get back. And that's what led into this relationship of me doing speaking engagements for the team at, at their retreats and eventually them using my content on the air and eventually coming around to this podcast. But that outcome was so big, I couldn't have imagined it on my own. As I set the intention, as I put in phone calls, and as I surrendered it, this opportunity just sort of cosmically happened. And I think that that's what it is for you, is you got to continue to take daily action. There are plenty of people who read The Secret and think that they deserve to have something in their life just because they think about it, which is not spiritual. That's not manifesting. That is entitlement. So you've got to do the work, but you also just have to trust that there is a bigger force out there that is going to show you the correct path and your next right step. So so you mentioned about taking daily action. Mark's question is kind of along that line. And Mark wants to know, how 
how do you keep focused and centered with a thousand distractions hindering your success and ability to focus? Because as you're moving forward, life still happens. How do you put the blinders on and how do you stay focused and do the work that you need to do? Yeah, so if you're a person dealing with a high level of overwhelm in your life, overwhelm is nothing more than a sign that you have unrealistic expectations. It's impossible for you to 100% take care of yourself, your family, your community, and your job at the same level all at the same time. But this really gets into focusing on A, what is the outcome that is most important to you in your life? What do you want to achieve? Then from there, and this is a process I go through, like I kind of go in and out of this. You know, there are times I do this process twice a day, do it in the morning and in the evening. And I created this into a system that I use for my clients. We've been able to automate it and digitize it to make it really easy for them. But the process, if you just want it the boiled down short form version of it, what are your 10 to 15 biggest goals that you have in your life? Again, look at that holistically. What are your goals, you know, financially, career wise, with your family, with your romantic life, with your health? Then from there, you want to boil it down to what are the top three goals? What are the three that if you reached, it would make everything else happen? And it's not always like the money goal or the career goal. For me, you know, working out five days a week is super important to me. That is the one goal. If I get up early in the morning and start my day moving my body, I know that I have the energy and the vitality to show up for my clients, for my business, in dating, in relationships with my family. So that's actually the goal that rules them all is get up and exercise every day. But really get clear on what your top three goals are from that list. And then each day coming up with three of the smallest action steps. What are the minimum action steps you could take that are going to forward those goals the fastest. Because the problem is, is so many of us, you know, we squirrel. We go around and we chase the next shiny penny, or we start three steps down one road, and then we go chasing this other thing, or then somebody calls us and needs our time, so we're trying to take care of somebody else, that you sort of become the jack of all trades and the master of none. You don't get anything done. And this is why so many people are spinning in circles, and you feel like you're constantly busy, but you feel like you haven't gotten shit done over the course of like a week or over a month. So you've got to narrow down and keep a daily focus on what are the three most important goals and what are the three action steps that are going to move me forward. And it's not just a matter of doing this because it's a great exercise and people are going to listen to this podcast and be like, I'm going to implement this for the next four days and then they're going to stop. Mastery is just repeating the fundamentals. So if you can really make this a daily activity where you physically write this down, keep a journal and keep yourself focused and do this activity in the morning before you get into work email, before you look at social media, wake up earlier, do this before you're taking care of the kids in the morning, before they're even up, make this a priority in your life. The benefits are huge. Even if you don't get all three done, Because some days get hectic. If you get one or two of those done, but they're truly aligned with the things you value most, you have won the day. And if you can do this over the course of a month, you know, whether you're doing one step a day or three, that's between 30 and 90 action steps over the course of a month. Your life is going to look very different because most people are taking 90 action steps, but they're not really the things that are aligned with what they value. It's 90 action steps for everybody else except them. Makes sense. Let's get down to our last question from Anthony. And kudos to you for stepping up and asking this question. I know you want to make a change, and that's awesome that you're stepping up and asking this. Anthony asks, I'm truly stuck on finding my purpose. 
I know it comes from doing and not thinking, but I really don't even know where to begin. And I'm financially strapped to a point that I can't afford a life coach. Can you give me some insight on where I can begin this process? Yeah, Matt, it's the number one question that I probably hear most often from people. And it also includes the number one objection I hear from people when it comes to stepping up and finding support, which is, oh, Dan, I can't afford it. And there was a time that I thought that as well. But I would tell you that whatever the current circumstances are in your life are really just a product of the belief systems that you have had up until now. It's like the law of cause and effect, right? And we even see this, you know, again, I give you like some spiritual terms, but this is in physics as well. For every action, there is an equal or opposite reaction. So, so many people are trying to change their life at the level of effect instead of the cause. You know, they're saying, I'll get around to investing and improving my belief system and working with somebody to help me upgrade when I have the money to do it. You know, for me, it's like saying, well, I'm going to start going to the gym after I lose the first 20 pounds. How are you going to lose the 20 pounds unless you invest in going to the gym? How are you going to change your life if you're feeling financially strapped, if you're feeling directionless? How is that going to change before you invest in yourself? It isn't me trying to make some like pitch out there for myself. I realize that investing with me is an investment for people, but there are other mentors. And if somebody asked me once, if I was down to my last thousand dollars, what would I do with it? And honest to God, Matt, I would go invest in a mentor. I would spend every penny on a mentor because even if I couldn't pay my rent, I know that I could couch surf. I know I have friends who would take me in for a short period of time. I know right. that there's other places I could go go to get help with just like keeping food on the table and stuff like that. But I need somebody who's accomplished the things that I want in order to help me get moving to make the change. You know, you can't wait until your results are different before you work on changing the beliefs. You've got to change the belief to change the outcomes in your life. And it's so hard for people. And and I don't say this flippantly or, you know, from a place of judgment because I've been there. And I know it's hard to get started when you don't have clarity. But clarity will never come in your life until you get started. Because when you're really living your purpose and you're setting goals in line with your purpose, I think that one of the big components of that is it has to require risk, trust, and faith. And that trust and faith can be in whatever you choose. It could be in your higher power. It could be in life. It could be in karma, destiny, fate. The the trust and faith could be in yourself. That even if you've been through excruciating circumstances and trauma in your life that you've survived it, you're still here and that you can take whatever comes next. But you've got to embrace, you know, you're never going to move forward outside of your comfort zone unless you can make friends with uncertainty. And most people want complete certainty before they get started. Nothing worthwhile has ever been created in the history of the world knowing the attachment to the outcome. You know, no great piece of art. The Wright brothers crashed a shitload of flying machines before they ever got one up in the air. (laughs) It's the process. And you figure it out only by taking action and doing. And also, if you're trying to figure out how to financially do, whether get a coach or to make a step in the right direction or, or to move to a new city or whatever it might be, the thought process of how do I make this work? How do I creatively make it work? Where do I find income? How can What type of extra job I can get? Where can I do this? How can I do that? That's kind of a good starting point anyway to move you and to change your thought process. Instead of saying, I can't do this, how can I make it happen? I uh, recently did a weekend workshop online. 
Online, where we taught people how to discover their purpose statement and talked about some of the blocks. How do you remove the blocks that are getting in your way? A woman reached out to me and she really wanted to do the workshop and she was scared of the investment. And what I tell people is, is here is where your transformation starts. You have to start focusing on possibilities instead of limitations. Rather than focusing on all the reasons you can't afford it, you got to be, how can I be generative to move forward and, and create the money for the investment? And she had a little side hustle selling jewelry on the side, but she had kind of cast it aside. She hadn't done any parties or any marketing marketing for herself in several months. And I got an email from her within a couple of hours after the time we ended sort of the discovery call. And she went out and she started calling some friends with some jewelry that she wanted to sell from the company that she was working for. And she came up with half the investment in like less than two hours. Wow. But that's what happens. And I tell people like when I've invested in mentorship programs, I've told the story a few times on the podcast, literally investing in a program last year that was more expensive and cost more than the car that I have. I could have bought a luxury car for the amount that I invested and I did not have the money. But mm-hmm. I knew that by signing up that I was going to have to level up, that I was going to have to show up bigger in my business, that I was going to have to start taking more risks. And literally within 90 days, I made back that entire investment to the point now where I just signed up for another mentorship program that's an even bigger investment. That, like <laughs> last year, if you had told me I would be spending this much money on a mentorship program, I would have burned you at the stake for witchcraft. Like yeah. I never would have believed it. But I don't even think about it now because one of the things that I believe is money I invest in me expands my life and it will always return to me exponentially. Right. We invest money in dumb crap all the time. How much money do you spend on Starbucks twice a day? We spend money on clothes. We spend money on vacations that feel good for about four or five days. But then we get back into the office on the, on Monday and we're overwhelmed. There's so many things, you know, bar tabs, going out drinking with your friends that feel good in the moment, but they give you nothing long term. And if you can start focusing on how can I generate the money and where can I save, you'll find a way. I always tell people sometimes it's like picture if you were in a Liam Neeson movie, like (laughs) where the person that you love most in the world, if they were kidnapped by the terrorist or the bad guys and they're like, you've got to come up with X amount of dollars in the next seven days or we're going to hurt the person you love most. You'd find a way to generate the money. But what would happen if you were the person that you loved and valued most in the world? Why wouldn't you do the same thing for you? This isn't me on a soapbox. I don't care whether you invest with me or another mentor that's out there. But I'm telling you that you're not going to change this on your own. And again, everything is cause and effect. And if you're a person waiting for the effect to change before you make a big decision in your life, you're going to continue to stay stuck. Speaking of finding help and support for someone like Anthony or someone that knows that they need to get some support or make a change, how do they know what type of support they need? Because there are life coaches, there are therapists, there are counselors, maybe someone needs a business coach for their situation. How do you know where to invest to get the best results for what you need in your current moment and situation where you're at? There's a twofold answer to that. Number one, there's no reason you only have to pick one. I have Mm -hmm. a mentor. I also have a therapist that I've started going back to a couple months ago to work through some unresolved trauma that's recently come up for me in my life. I also have like a Reiki healer. I mean, for me, I invest in multiple places because I stack the deck. I just look at it as stacking the deck in my favor. You know, the more tools you have in the toolbox, the better house you're going to build. Now, I also realize for some people right now when they're first starting out, they might not 
have the resources to invest in all of it at the moment, you need to know what your intention is. Because if you have a serious mental health disorder, if there is a chemical balance or there's something going on in your brain, you have serious, serious trauma in your life, then yeah, you might want to go to somebody who specializes in trauma counseling, or you might want to go to somebody who's going to be able to write you a prescription. Again, I'm not a doctor, but I will tell you there are a lot of people out there that write prescriptions, but if you look at the statistics, 80% of people who are on medication for depression or anxiety are still depressed and anxious. So, So that might be the opportunity where you want to look for somebody who does something different because there is no chemical solution for a spiritual problem. So that might be where you want to go to a life coach and try something there, somebody who's a little bit more in the spiritual and and will tap you into your intuition, but not your brain. And again, this is just my two cents. I preface this by saying I am not a licensed doctor. I do believe in therapists. I use one myself. As far as medication, I do believe in it, but I also personally believe that it's way overprescribed. There are a lot of people, and I did this at one point. I spent $10,000 in a business mentor who was going to give me all the strategies for online marketing to help me grow my business. But the problem was, is that my belief system was not congruent. My beliefs were such that I didn't know if it was possible for me, or I was scared to ask people to invest with me. And I pretty much took that $10,000 and set it on fire. Because what I didn't need was a business coach. I didn't need strategy. I needed somebody to help me at the level of my own mindset and beliefs. Business coaching, they're great, but they're not always the answer, particularly if you're first starting out in an entrepreneurship because what's going to keep you stuck is what you believe is possible for you and sort of at the level of belief. You can have all the Facebook funnels set up in the world and digital marketing ads and Google AdWords, but if you don't believe you're worthy of it, it's not going to make a difference. So it really depends. I think anytime you're making an investment, you need to know what is my intention for this investment. You should never just invest blindly. And I tell people that even with me. You know, I ask them, what is your intention for our time together? Because it's not a business transaction, you're entering into an agreement with somebody. Anybody worthwhile is not going to treat it like a business transaction. They will treat it like a partnership and an agreement. And you need to be upfront about what the results are that you want to achieve and then make the decision with you know the modality that is most in line with that for you. Absolutely. Thank you, everyone, for your questions. We had some really good ones this week. Yeah, I loved it. Love the questions. Love our listeners. And of course, if you want to engage with us further, uh, you can always go to the private Facebook group for Life Amplified listeners. we got people in there from around the world. Uh, We'll have a link to that in the show notes. And of course, as always, if you are looking for a mentor, if now is the time that you really want to break through, I mean, January 1st is right around the corner. But, you know, Matt, I tell people all the time, why would you wait till January 1st to make a change? You could start on September 1st if you wanted to. So if you really want to ramp up, get clear on your goals for 2019 and develop that blueprint and strategy to achieve it. Uh, I would love to work with you. I do have my waiting list open right now. You can get on that, fill out an application to work with me at my website, creativesoulcoaching.net. Matt, thank you for joining this week. It's always good to have you on. Thank you. It's a pleasure as always. And in the meantime, turn down the volume on your negativity, turn up the volume on your purpose so you can get out there and live life amplified. I'll talk to you next week.